All right, everybody. So Monday we gave you the Eastern Conference recap of all seasons. Today we do the Western Conference. Tim Daniel once again with Kyle Brandon. This is 48 Minutes Network. So this one is just breaking down everything we saw, what we liked, what we didn't like, who we don't like going into the season now, and all that and a whole lot more. Um, so hope you guys enjoy this project we did for a couple weeks now. Also, don't forget this Friday, our debut episode of Hoop Cinema, where Sean Mackey and myself talk Space Jam. We're going to go through the movie. We're going to go through the soundtrack. We're going to talk about everything that involved in Space Jam and the pop culture and the popularity and how we feel about going into the second one. So without further ado, here's the Western Conference off-season recap of 48 Minutes. And don't forget about Hoop Cinema this Friday. Hi, you're listening to 48 Minutes, and this is Tim Kittrow from NBA Jam. Ooh, boom shakalaka. You wanted to come with it, done it, we got it with punishment. Youngest is confident, but they handle what we coming with. Others in love with the drug and this man, we just running it. Long as the public is coming, then we keep them loving it. and what they were. So now it's time to do the Western Conference. Um, this is a very loaded conference, as we know. <laughs> a lot of teams. Uh, a lot of teams that have chances that you can make a case to be a title contender. Um, so I thought it would make sense, Kyle, to start this in the Pacific Division because, duh, um, obvious team to start here is probably the Lakers. So complete overhaul of a roster from a disastrous, disappointing season last year where anything that could have gone wrong went wrong, whether it be injuries players on the court, really bad front office, bad coaching, you name it, it went bad for this Lakers team. Um, obviously, after LeBron and Lonzo got hurt, they just kind of got into a situation where they couldn't recover. Um, but obviously, you know, never fear, because Anthony Davis comes to town. You bring in Danny Green, who a lot of people are you know, saying is overpaid, maybe is, but I don't mind them making that move. You bring in DeMarcus Cousins. You bring in Quinn Cook, who was a part of an NBA championship team for a year, was just in the finals. Um, and you bring in Jared Dudley, who's just a really good, you know, veteran guy who's been around a long time, is very smart about the business. I will say I do not like them bringing in Avery Bradley. Um, Avery Bradley has not been good at basketball for a couple years now. But overall, I think the Lakers, you know, for not getting Kawhi Leonard and having to recover fast, I think they did a great job. Yeah, um, a lot there. Um, yeah, no kidding. Huge off season, of course. I, I think the biggest thing I agree with you there on is the Avery Bradley thing. I yeah. absolutely hate signing Avery Bradley. I don't think he's really good at anything anymore. No, and he's really not even that old. He's like twenty eight or so. Yeah, he's just not good. We saw it with the Clippers when he he started with the Clippers a bunch of games, and he was awful really absolutely bad. awful really bad and yeah i just i i don't like that as far as everything else i think that i personally think that they got played a little bit with Kawhi leonard sure and um i think that they rebounded well from it though i yeah, mean very much you have to go after Kawhi leonard if he's an, a viable option and for a while we thought he was going to the lakers yeah we definitely I mean, did there was a big there's a big time there where we thought he was going there so I mean, they went, they went all in on Anthony Davis. They did go all in on Kawhi, which didn't really cost him anything, except the chance at getting guys like D'Angelo Russell. You know what I mean? Right. Stuff like that. But you have to do it. A lot of people seem to think Russell was going there too. Yeah, and and maybe it cost you Russell, but again, a shot at Kawhi to. is. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. Um. Yeah, I th I, I think it's good, man. Um, I'm excited about this team. I think Boogie will be good. I, I do too. Yeah, I think I think he'll be good. I'm just kind of curious on what their rotations look like and everything. So yeah, because this is a deep team. So the starters off the top of your head are probably LeBron at the point, Danny Green, Davis. You know, you can make the case for Cousins or Javale McGee at the center position. I lean towards Cousins. I think that I think that they would have to start the season with Cousins. Yeah, and I think that Cousins will start most games. They might take him out early, but I think that the perception, I think he's going to want to start mm -hmm. the games. You know what I mean? Yeah. So. 
And then, you know, your bench of Contavious Caldwell-Pope, Ray John Rondo, Jared Dudley, you know, whichever those centers doesn't start. Not bad. Not yeah. bad. Yeah, yeah so I like it. I'm excited for this team. I think they definitely are a title contender. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, you better hope that those those guys stay healthy. Yeah. I mean, I would assume they're going to load manage LeBron. And Davis, probably. And Davis. And, and do you just load manage them on the same games and kind of concede those games? Do you load them on different games? And you know what I mean? Because if you – let's say you sit them both 15 games apiece. A I mean, that's probably what they would be load managed, right? Yeah, is Danny Green going to win you games by yeah, himself? Yeah, is there 30 games where, like, like – Danny Green and Boogie are going to win them for you? Where you only have one of those stars on the court? Or is it just 15 games where neither of them play? And you're just like, yeah, I'm, we're going to lose these 15. Yeah. Maybe I, you pick your 15 toughest games. Yeah. And you just say, we're just not going to play our 15 toughest games. That's it. We'll Why just, not? We just won't play Denver. We won't play the Clippers. We won't play – the Bucks. We won't play whatever, and we're just gonna sit our guys for those games, and then the other games we'll play our guys and we'll win, uh, you know, most of them. Yeah. Maybe that's how they do it. I don't know. Yeah, I, I it's gonna be interesting. I, I definitely am gonna keep an eye on that, and also a new coaching staff with Frank Vogel and Jason Kidd, and how's that gonna work out? I really want Vogel to get a full opportunity. I think he's our. I yeah. think he deserves it. Yeah, absolutely. All right, so that takes us now to the Clippers, who. Man, talk about crazy off-seasons. Getting Kawhi Leonard, then trading for Paul George. You keep Patrick Beverly. Um, Jermichael Green there. You get Kevin Gelly really late in the draft. And, you know, Rodney. Oh, man, Mc- I forgot about Kevin Gelly. Yeah, you still have Landry Shamet. Lou Will's still there. You bring back Zubak. That team's awesome. <laughs> that team is awesome. Yeah, there's, there's no other way to put it. Curious. If, do you feel like they're a lock to win the title? No. I think they're the favorite, but I don't think they're a lock. If Kawhi goes to the Lakers, do you think they're a lock to win the title? Yes, but that's because they have Anthony Davis and LeBron James, along with Kawhi Leonard. So, Kawhi chose... Kawhi had an option that would have made him a lock to win the title. Mm-hmm. He chose the Clippers instead. Yeah. I think he chose the Clippers because he's that dude. You know what I mean? Yeah, he wants sure. He wants the competition against him a little bit. Um, he wants to beat LeBron. Yeah. And that motivation of knowing I could have essentially been a lock to win the title, but instead we're going to win the title kind of thing. So I, I agree. I think, too. Um, there's some, um, I don't know. The one versus one in the finals. Yeah. You know, I think plays a part. Um, I think, you know, we saw LeBron go one and two against Durant, one and one against Kawhi. So. Yeah, Kawhi has a chance to really alter his yeah his whole perception here, where if he wins a title this year and he's like title MVP again, people are gonna think of him as like a top ten player of all time. I don't think of him like that. Right. Um, but he's gonna be in conversation. Yeah, and he'll like. I mean, for the past five years, has Kawhi been as good as Kevin Durant? No, but I don't think it was far off. Scoring okay. wise, yes, it was. But for the last, for the last eight years, has Kawhi been as good as Kevin Durant? To me, no. I have heard those conversations in the you past, I mean? or like, or yeah. has has he been as close to like LeBron or anything? But if he wins a title this year, he'll he'll be right there with those guys all time. Yeah, because for a while there, before he when was a, I mean, he was a role player. A lot of people really had, you know, a couple years back, you know, your three best players: LeBron, KD, Kawhi, and the case was there. Yeah, yeah. How I, crazy is it that Kawhi called Kevin Durant? Hey, man, I know we don't talk much. You want to be a Clipper? KD was like, we don't even really talk. This is weird. <laughs> yeah. What's up, dude? All right. Thanks for calling. Crazy. Yeah, very crazy. But Paul George is a fine, excellent <laughs> yeah. compliment to his game. He, Paul George is, you know, a great um, – he's not an alpha – you know what I mean? So he's right. he's a great secondary guy in that. And a finals MVP and a top three MVP voting guy. That's that's a pairing. Hard man. hard to do better. Yeah. So I, I'm excited for this team. Incredible offseason. Yeah. Both LA teams. 
you know, every time they play, it's going to be must watch. Even if it's a weeknight, I'll stay up and watch that game. Yeah. It's probably going to be, I mean, I think all four regular season games will definitely be ESPN or TNT games. Yeah. Can't imagine that not being. No, for sure. But again, you, you like look at some of those games and I don't know. Maybe the Clippers sit their guys too. I think they probably will, to be honest with you. I think I that's the only thing I worry about is that like we get these Christmas Day games and all these like prime time, you know what I mean? Laker Clipper games. Laker Clipper prime time. It's on ABC. Then LeBron, KD, Kawhi, and Paul George all sit. Christmas, I don't think that would happen. But Christmas yes, not. you're right. If it's like Christmas a, is like if it's like a Thursday night TNT right. game, like yeah. like. MLK Day and Christmas. I don't think that they'll sit for those. I think for sure that it'll be Christmas Day and MLK Day matchups. Yeah, but like, but there are other two matchups they get, right, or whatever. They'll like, be on TNT or they'll be on ESPN, ABC Friday night game or something. Or yeah, I hope it's not a Friday night game. I hope it's like a Saturday afternoon or something. Just give me like a favorable schedule to watch the Lakers. God damn it. Yeah, you know it's gonna be like a ten thirty tip. I know. It's it's tough most nights. So, the next team to talk about in the Pacific, the Golden State Warriors. Yeah. A transitional year for them. No Kevin Durant. Clay Thompson's hurt. Draymond Green comes back. Yvonne Looney's still there. Uh, Willie Cauley-Stein comes in. I like that pickup for them. But, you know, this is going to be a really weird year for them. I don't like the draft pick of Jordan Poole at 28. If they really wanted him, they could have got him in the second round late. But I do like them trading for Amari Spellman and putting him as a young guy on their team. I obviously love them getting DeAndre Russell, however they use that. I know Bob Myers recently said we didn't get him just to trade him, but I don't believe that because I don't think – I think at some point they're going to have to. Um, so I still think this Warriors team's good, but I think their non-home court advantage in the playoffs good. Yeah, I think that they're still really good, and uh, I don't remember if it was Woj or Shams, but right after Clay Thompson had his surgery, the estimated date for him to come back was like middle of February, I think. Uh, yeah, like the first week of February, I think, was the latest that he could have come back, and that's about a week before the trade deadline, and so I think he's going to come back, you know, again, worst case scenario, he comes back before the trade deadline. And that gives them time to ship out D'Angelo Russell to maybe the Wolves and get a Robert Covington and, um, you know, maybe some other wings. Pick or so, yeah. Yeah. Maybe Teague is like your your backup, uh, you know, a guy that can score off the bench and something like that. Sure. And, um, yeah, I, th- I think that they'll do something like that. But I still think this team is going to be really good, man. I Some people don't have them making the playoffs. That's and to absurd. me, that is wild. It's wild. Worst case scenario is a team with Curry and Draymond and uh, D'Angelo Russell. Yeah. Like, I'm so confused why people don't have this team in the playoffs. It's crazy to me. Draymond's in a not only in a contract year, a he's clutch contract year, a a super max yeah. contract year where he his only chance really for him his only chance for him to get the super max is win Defensive Player of the Year. I think Draymond is going to come out like a bat out of hell and say, I'm not going to get all NBA. I'm going to I'm gonna win Defensive Player of the Year so I can get that Supermax. To further on your point, I think Steph Curry is going to be an MVP candidate this year. I think he's just going to shoot every possible moment. And obviously with that, you know, this is a guy that was a 50-40-90 guy. You know, maybe you can make the case that sometimes he might end up fucking being a 50-50-90 guy at some point, like, without he shoots. I think Curry is just going to be unbelievable this year. With everything being on his back, I think this is going to be kind of his crazy, wild year, which is already weird to say because I think he was a unanimous vote for MVP once. Yeah. Yeah, two-time MVP, so he's already had his crazy years, but I think he can go back to that. I, I do think that the MVP is going to have to come from a top – call it three seed yeah in one of the conferences so i think for that reason i don't think he'll win it but i think that he'll put up production that will warrant same him saying oh i know his team's not you know in the best spot but look at what he did 
So I think I think production wise he'll put up numbers like that. But this team, man, it still they're gonna go into the playoffs mm-hmm. with Draymond, Clay, and and Curry. Yeah, you know, and that's you could do worse. You could do far worse. Yeah, man. I just I think this team is gonna be just fine. I think they're gonna do really well, and I don't know. I I could see them being a four or five seed really i mean they they win games yeah they've just proven that they win games they the brand is there yeah so i agree man i think that they're still gonna be really good um next team to talk about is the kings so i really like the kings offseason um i think for you know not being a team that's going to attract a star player i think they did really well getting the getting some role press they bring harrison barnes back like you mentioned earlier trevor reza comes in um you know, getting Dwayne Dedman to be a backup center for this team, I like a lot. Obviously, you're still going to have your Foxes and your and your Heels, who I like a lot. Um, yeah, I think for everything they had going that they have moving forward, the you know building off last year, I think they did a really good job. So, I've talked to uh, Jordan Bonji about this off season a lot with the Kings, and where I'm at is they didn't make any bad choices. They they got the players that they wanted, mm-hmm. and I do think that they do have actually the deepest team in the league. Um, I think that they probably have the best bench in the league. So that's great. Yeah. No bad contracts or anything like that. Yeah, nothing we're strapped like, oh, shit, I'm paying this guy for so long. Everything is structured really well. Trevor Ariza has $1.8 million guaranteed in his second year. You know that's that's the most tradable contract. You know that's a crazy tradable contract for, yeah. um, you know stuff like that. But they overpaid some guys, and to me the argument of like, well, they had the cap space, they have to use it somehow. I just don't buy it. Corey Joseph isn't worth twelve million a year. Trevor Reese is not worth twelve million a year. Dwayne Dedman, thirteen million a year. Eh, maybe, maybe. Harrison Barnes, twenty four million a year. Yeah, maybe, but I just think that it feels like you could have got Corey Joseph and Trevor Ariza for like twelve million total, man. Yeah, it's. I don't know. I saw. I saw Washington get Ish Smith for six million a year, and then I look at Corey Joseph getting twelve million a year, and I'm like, really? Hmm. Is he twelve? Maybe maybe he's worth eight, and maybe Trevor Reza's worth eight. But then you have another $8 million in cap space, and you can take on a contract, or you can you know do something with it. Um, but he just didn't seem like great value there, personally. I don't know. I, I feel that. I like – yeah, I like their moves. I don't like the value that they got the moves at. I think they just could have done – Something else with that with that money. Yeah. I don't think you're wrong there by any means. I do, real quick, and we talked about this, and we don't have to spend too much time on it. I do think we're getting to the point, though, where their guys are going to be coming up for deals. And I think that they're going to have to start making some moves here soon. Yeah, because I think Heald's in his free agent year this year. I think it's RFA year. Buddy Heald's going to have to get paid. Um, Fox is next year. Bogdanovich is going to have to get paid. Yeah. And so assume you pay both of them, then you're going to have Fox and then the next year Bagley and stuff like that. So if the recipe has been, you know, adding superstars around young, cheap contracts, your window is, is going to be closing. So I don't know. I think that this is, this is one of those teams that's going to have to, you know, package four quarters for a dollar yeah you know, or five quarters for a dollar and maybe overspend a little bit but they're gonna have to get some uh, a big guy um as far as contract value and production goes um on the roster before they pay everyone so that they can just re-sign their their guys um into the cap that way because i just the way that the west is going i don't think that they can just Resign Buddy, resign right. Fox. You got to start adding. Resign heavy Bagley, ammo. heavy ammo, and just assume that that team is going to compete for a title. Yeah, I agree. 
So I think they're going to have to try and figure that part out. Yeah, I think you're right. At some point, it's going to come down to like getting the Chris Webbers and the Mike Bibbies to put in Kings terms. And that's the only way they're really going to be competitive with how the West is going, so I agree with that. And then there's Phoenix, and just fuck this team, man. Just to hell with them. <laughs> like, no. So, you know, obviously they have assets. They have Booker. They have Aiden. Okay, cool. You know, they have Mikhail. Mikhail's fine. But no, man. So, like, I liked him getting Ty Jerome. I like Cam Johnson. I don't like Cam Johnson at the 11th pick in the draft. Fuck no. No one likes Cam Johnson at 11. Yeah, you know, they bring in Ricky Rubio, who basically looked like was set in stone. He was going to be a pacer until they realized they could get Brogdon. So, I hate this team. I literally hate them. I think their player development sucks. You know, I think Aiton and Booker are fine enough players because they're talented. You know what I mean? Like, they still have some things they got to develop on a lot, but, you know, I think those guys can get by on their talent where a lot of their draft picks can't. I don't know if Cam Johnson's going to be able to get by on just being a shooter in the NBA. You know what I mean? Like, I like him, but... It's a 24-year-old rookie that you drafted in the lottery, you know. So, trust me, as a Bulls guy signing the Timberwolves draft, Chris Dunn, as an old lottery guy, it it's not promising. Yeah, their their path to becoming a playoff team still isn't clear. Yeah. You know, in the next year or next two years, to me, there's not just that clear, like, okay, cool, well, they have – this and they move up yeah it's just i don't know i and i love the suns but god it's so frustrating when it's just giving away a first round pick giving away tj warren and it's like why are you giving away tj warren for what for what i mean i wrote an article on how they lost you know the off season it's just horrible it, this is the worst to me i thought their offseason was as bad, if not worse, than the Knicks. Um, that's I agree. That's how they should be thought of. Um, just absolutely horrible. They've had tons of great point guards that have been on their team that they just got rid of for nothing. And and then this year, we go into the offseason, going to the draft, and they've got the sixth pick, and you're like, okay, Kobe White's going to the Suns. And then they trade the pick and get Cam Johnson. Yeah, I don't know, man. It's doesn't feel great. No, not good, Bob. Not good at all. So I'm glad that they traded the pick and didn't get Kobe White. But but yeah, go to 48minutes.com. You can network 48minutes.network. 48minutes.network.com. There we go. 48minutes.network.com, and you can read my article on why the Suns lost the off season, <laughs> and I go into depth on why I hated every move they made. Yes. For the last, really, for the last, you know seven years or so agreed so let's go to the southwest now and obviously the team to talk about in the southwest as that's been for a few years is the houston rockets phoenix isn't in the southwest no hmm. they're in the they're in the pacific i just thought about that yeah doesn't make sense it's like when i look at like the nfl and like the pittsburgh steelers are in the afc north but they're on the east coast <laughs> and then the colts are in the south but they're north of cincinnati what's miami in they're in the AFC East. They're not in the AFC South. No. And they're the most Southern team. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I, divisions are dumb. Yes, they are. So, obviously, the thing to talk about the Rockets is they got Russell Westbrook. They're going to pair those two together again. And they brought back Daniel House. They brought back Austin Rivers. P.J. Tucker's still there. So I've gone back and forth a lot on this Westbrook thing where I'm like, I don't like it. I hate it. I think it's stupid. And I'm like, oh, it's going to be fun. Here's where I'm finally at with this. I think Westbrook's the second best driving dish player in the NBA right now to LeBron James. When he was driving dish in Oklahoma City, he was throwing to a lot of guys that can't shoot at all. So now when he drives in dishes, he's going to have James Harden. He's going to have Eric Gordon. He's going to have P.J. Tucker. So... I almost think this is going to be fine. I almost think this is going to work. And I think Westbrook's finally going to be – yes, there's a lot of jokes to be made, and they probably will come through. Like, what happens when they both have nine assists in a game? Who does what? 
and I think that's funny because I just like those dumb jokes. But at first I was not for this. I'm starting to kind of come around. I'm coming around too. I'm the same way. Um, I think that Russell Westbrook being in Oklahoma City enabled his bad habits. Mm-hmm. So much freedom, so much empowerment there. Um, you know, when you say, like, what's the Houston Rockets system? Okay, Maury Ball, you know, if you shoot, you know, what is it? if you shoot 35% on threes and you take 100% attempts, you're going to average 1.05 points per possession. If you shoot 45%, on two-point attempts, you're going to average 0.9 points per possession. So, like, you know what their system is. Right. Like, you clearly know what their system is. When you say, what is OKC's system, you know, it's kind of like we give Russell Westbrook the ball and kind of let him do his thing. So, having a clear-cut system will put boundaries around him mm-hmm. and won't give him the freedom to just do whatever he wants i think so that will help no i do what i want uh-huh. right. i see what you did there <laughs> so yeah I, th- I think it'll be i think it'll be good for him i think that for 48 minutes a game they will have either russell westbrook or james harden running their offense which is elite mm-hmm. he's still Very an, much he's still an all nba player um so I just don't want to act like Russell Westbrook is a scrub. Yeah. You know, he his his flaws are very um very evident and and stand out, you know, a mm-hmm. lot. And so I think that's why he gets a lot of a lot of heat, which he deserves that, but he's still a top guy in the NBA. Agreed. And at the end of the day you just need you need talent. And Houston got more talented. Mm-hmm. And younger yeah they got more talented they got younger so i say you figure it out i think that in a year russell westbrook still has some trade value yep in a year i think in two years he doesn't really but i agree in a year he still does so you can give it a you can give it a shot for a year Mm -hmm. yeah my only hope and i don't know if we're just at the point in his career where it's just not gonna happen i want him to become a slasher and I want him to become a guy that just drives to the basket. Like you do or don't? I do. Oh, okay, yeah. I want him to play off the ball and kind of be the guy that just cuts to the basket. Yeah. And I think here with Harden and having those guys that we mentioned as shooters, I think he really could do that and thrive so well here. But I don't know if he wants to do that because he always refused to do an OKC. Yeah. I think that Harden gives them the best – are you comfortable saying Harden's the best half-court offensive player Hell in the league? Hell, yeah perfect yeah i am too so they have the best half court offensive player and then they have one of the best like fast paced most ridiculous athlete transition yeah you know what i mean so your half court people are like how is he going to fit in the half court don't worry about the half court james harden averaged 30 points a game for how many games in a row a lot a lot and remember it was just like unassisted 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 if james harden needs to He'll run the half court by himself. Oh yeah, but their transition offense will be undoubtedly better. Yeah, I'm he can do the half court by himself. Proven, mm-hmm. proven, unassisted thirty point games. So, I think it's a good move. Yeah, I do too. I'm I'm looking forward to seeing what they can do together. I think we should talk about New Orleans next because they're the other team in the yeah. south in the uh, in the Southwest getting some love. You know, we talked earlier about making a bad situation good. You know, they turned Anthony Davis into Nikhil Alexander-Walker, Lonzo Ball, Brandon Ingram, Derek Favors, Josh Hart, Zion Williamson, Jackson Hayes, J.J. Redick. I like that team. Yeah. I think if you're a GM of a team, and I think, I mean, I think Bill Simmons said this, and I kind of agree with him. If you're like, if you're a GM of a team and you can pick whatever roster that you want to like be like be in charge of, I think this might be number one right now. Yeah, I would say it is just assets and stuff. And mm-hmm. that's – so you talked about all the guys that are good NBA players. You didn't include – because, you know, he was already on the team, but you didn't include Drew Holiday. Yeah. Who plays like an all-star, but he's not an all-star. You can probably make the case he's the best one on the team. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I would definitely say he is for sure. 
And then you have Derek Favors, who's still going to contribute uh, a good amount. Then you have all this draft capital. Yeah, that it's definitely the team to take over for sure. Yeah. I don't think they're a playoff team this year. So I think that they're still a little ways away. I, like everyone else, I'm concerned about Zion's conditioning. Same. A bit. His thing was he's not an excellent shooter. But it's fine because he's so explosive and athletic. But when you show up and you don't look explosive and, you know, he still looks athletic. But he was lumbering a bit more. Yeah. And when you kind of lose the thing that makes you great, it's scary. You know, and it was 20 minutes. So right. I'm not I'm not, not out on, calling his career. Yeah. I'm not out on Zion. He's going to be great. He's going to be very, very good in yeah. the NBA. He's, chances are he will be rookie of the year this year. Yeah. I'm just talking about right now. Mm-hmm. Um, I just think that they're a little ways away still. I agree. Um, I think they're talented. I think they'll be fun. The Alonzo Ball, Zion Williamson, Alley-Oops will be excellent. Um, but, you know, defensively, oh, my God, this team. Just in the friggin' backcourt alone, just having Lonzo and Drew Holiday there, like, have fun getting to the paint on that. Those guys four times a year will be playing Westbrook and Harden. I love that. Yeah, that's fun. Yeah. That's fun. I'm, I'm all for that. Yeah. And Jackson Hayes looked excellent awesome. in Summer League. Nikhil Alexander-Walker looked excellent in Summer League. Yeah. So, just very exciting for their future there. Yeah, definitely looking forward to that. Um, talk about teams I'm actually excited for the future. Memphis. Oh, man. They were the biggest winner of summer league quite literally and and just perception wise yeah Brandon. still don't know why ja Morant didn't play but neither here nor there yeah uh, me neither um honestly i'm still a little nervous on ja Morant's size mm-hmm. especially right now his frame is really small yeah so yeah um but you know putting him there when you already have jaron jackson jr who we all love and has not given us any reason to not love him. That was, uh, I remember the first, uh, I think it was the first episode I recorded was uh, In Your Kitchen. And it was the mock draft yeah. that year. And it was, all right, everyone say who you think is going to be the best player from this draft. And I said Jaron Jackson. Yeah. And, and I believe it still. Still. I don't remember who I said, but I'm sure I got it wrong. <laughs> I think the rule was you couldn't pick Luca. Oh, yeah. I think it was like, you can't pick Luca as the... Okay, I probably did lean Aiden then. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah, so I definitely got that wrong. It's okay. <laughs> I still like Aiden a lot. I don't care. I'm yeah. going to stand by him. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I think, you know, having those two, like you mentioned Brandon Clark, who you got 21st in the draft. Insane. He's super good. Dude, we did our mock draft, and Brandon Clark was available at... I don't know what it was. It was around 10 or so. Mm-hmm. And I was like, yeah, Brandon Clark's available at like 10. I'm taking him. And well, no, me and Ben took him. So it would have been at 9 or 12. Yeah. And I was like, Brandon Clark's still available at 9 or 12? This is great. Yeah, heck yeah, we'll take him. We're like, this guy's going to be awesome. And he's going to be good right away. And wouldn't you know? Right. Sure enough. Yeah, he's going to be good. Summer right League away. MVP. Yeah. So the other nice thing that I like about Memphis right now, because I don't think they're a playoff team by any means, but I think oh, they're going to no, be no. exciting. They're going to be young and fun to watch. They'll have the second worst record, if not the worst, um, in the West. They got Dwight Howard and they got Andre Iguodala. So it's either you're going to make some cap space by getting rid of, rid of those guys or you're going to trade those guys. I think it's basically been set in stone that everyone thinks Iguodala is going to be a clipper. Yeah, it sounds like they're – they're trying to trade because they're like people want Iguodala. We're not just gonna cut them. If I were them, someone give us a couple second rounders or something. If people were like, if someone's like, hey, I want Iguodala, I would say, like, fine, you gotta take Dwight Howard. That's funny. Yeah, that's funny. Because I'm not paying that guy, and it hurts more to cut him than it does to trade him. So, yeah. The other interesting thing with this team, so they got Josh Jackson. And as we know, in his first two years of his NBA career, he has been um, not good, Bob. Not good. <laughs> so can Memphis figure out the issues with Josh Jackson? 
and make him a good NBA player. You know, he doesn't have to be awesome, not a superstar, not an all-star, just serviceable on the court and doesn't hurt your team. I don't think they're going to be able to do it in time. He's... I don't know. He's got a club option next year. And I just don't know if they're going to pick up the club option on him. Yeah. So that just makes me nervous that he's not going to be able to do it in time. Mm-hmm. And are they going to want to pay him $9 million next year? You know, in what, the fourth year or whatever in development if he's not showing anything? Right. So, I mean, he's really got a year to do it. Mm-hmm. And it's now. Um so, yeah, you better hope. Yeah, they also brought in Jay Crowder. So, yeah, <laughs> I'll be excited if they really do wear those Vancouver Grizzly jerseys they're talking about. Oh yeah, yeah. But other than that, that might do be. You, do you think John Morant? I, I know he's gonna struggle. He's a first-year point guard. First-year point guards never have right like these excellent, crazy seasons. Unless you're like Magic Johnson. Yeah. Penny Hardaway. You know, do you like, think? Do you think that he'll be in the top, let's say three for rookie of the year? I do. Really? I think he's got a lot of hype going in. That plays a part. So you were high on R.J. Barrett, and you're you just said you think Zion will. So you think it's going to be those? You think, I do. You think the top three players are going to be the top three? Yeah. Okay. I do. Um, and that's not just because it's easy to say. I think yeah. that I think R.J. Barrett's just going to have the opportunity, and John Morant, the offense is going to run through him. You know, and he he's gonna you know he was really big in college for being the assist guy, and he's got a lot of guys he can pass the ball to that can score in Memphis. So yeah, I think as far as their young core, he's gonna really have a lot of opportunities to show what he can do. Um, I do I have worries, I have concerns about him. He turns the ball over a lot, um, but I think that if he can just calm down and just kind of let the game come to him, I think he's gonna be awesome. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah, I agree with that. Yeah. The Spurs. Not exciting at all, but I'm, I'm low on this team, man. We talked about the Warriors and how people are are low on the Warriors. I've seen people that left the Warriors out of the playoffs but put the Spurs in. Yeah, I've seen that too. And I get that the Spurs are always in the playoffs and everything, but they're just yeah. What? Yeah. DeRozan's I mean, on an expiring. Do you think he stays? No. But then you also have to get something for him. Yeah. Because you can't just trade Kawhi for DeRozan and Yaka Pertle and get nothing for, you know, just only get expirings for DeRozan. Yeah, not to mention you give up Danny Green that trade too. Right. Yeah, I mean, LaMarcus Aldridge, how much longer can he play at the level he played the past couple of years where he was pretty damn good? I don't think that that's possible for two more years. You know what I mean? Like, I think his contract might be this year, but – um, I don't love the idea that he's going to be someone's best player on their team at this point in his career. He's already talked about it. He's like, yeah, Damon and I have talked about me going, me going back to Portland. So it's like, oh, okay. I mean, I did like getting Keldon Johnson in the draft. We talked about that. Yeah. Uh, they got Trey Lyles. That makes – so it makes me feel good. I was high on Keldon Johnson, and I thought, you know, the Pistons should look at him at 15. And a lot of people said that's too high. And then when the Spurs took him, I was like – yeah. See, you, if if you want a, the litmus test on if a guy's good or not, do the Spurs draft him? Then he's good. Lucas Semanic, I don't know enough about to tell you what I think of him. I mean, the tape wasn't blowing me away, but I only watched like snippets. So, and then you know, how does Deontay Murray come back? You know, a lot of people love Deontay Murray, myself included. I think that's a big factor. Will the Spurs be good or not? Is how effective will he be returning? Obviously, Derek White really became a huge star for that team. How's Lonnie Walker look this year in year two, having a year in the Spurs system? You know, I don't worry about a guy in the Spurs system not being big a big role player right away. You know, Tim, I mean, friggin' Kawhi Leonard averaged seven points a game his rookie year for them and then became the next guy. So, I don't know, man. They're kind of old. Rudy Gay's old. LaMarcus Aldridge is old. Patty Mills is old. Damari Carroll is old. Yeah. Bellinelli's old. I think that this is going to be a team that could potentially talk to OKC about Chris Paul. I mean, yeah, why not? I mean, yeah. Marcus Aldridge is 34. Rudy Gay is 33. 
and DeRozan's 30. So it's like, you know, I thought, taking on an old guy on a, on a big contract at this point is kind of your M.O. already. Yeah. So if you listen to the first year we had this show, the whole year, because we started the let Chris Paul's last year with the Clippers, the whole year I was saying Chris Paul should go to the Spurs. I think he'd be perfect with Kawhi Leonard. I was like, this that should happen. And, of course, he goes to the Rockets. So, you know, neither here nor there. But the last team to talk about in that division now is Dallas. So, obviously, Luka, year two, who won Rookie of the Year, as we all expected he would, was outstanding. Um, Chris Porzingis will get his first year to play there, finally. So, I am obviously, like most people in the world, very curious about what that's going to look like for him. Um. Otherwise, you know, I don't. I'm not in love with this roster. No, especially big man. I don't think you can have Boban start. I just, I you can't. You really can't. He doesn't have. I forgot about that. Yeah, he's. I mean, Maxi Kleber is their other big guy. Porzingis should be playing the four. I mean, that's where he's best at. I think so. Yeah, Dwight Powell is he even on the team anymore. Oh man, it's it's too yeah. many moves. Yeah, he is. I don't know. I don't love that. Um, really, it's it's the Porzingis and Luca show. Mm-hmm. So, I, I mean, think those two are good enough to get into the playoffs if they're healthy and it all goes well. I think that they're gonna fall short this year, mm-hmm. but I still I'm still very high on Porzingis. Me too. I think Porzingis is gonna be. Um, you know, I think he'll have a sustained run as a top ten guy in the league. Actually, um, once he really reaches his peak, so I think I think he's gonna be really good. So I like this team. I do too. Not this year, I don't. But but they're gonna they're gonna start something that I think is gonna be good for a while. Yeah, to me, this is all about what do you get out of Tim Hardaway Jr. So this is last year before a player option. He's got the 15% trade kicker. Um, you know, I liked him Hardaway. Fine. I think, uh, you know, New York probably wasn't the best situation for him. Um, but I think that, you know, he's going to have to be really good for them to be competitive. And we haven't really seen a lot of that from him, really, when it mattered at all, because he's played for the Knicks and the Mavericks. So, you know, can't blame him for that. This is uh... – I still, I still love the idea of Giannis one day joining this team. <laughs> it's European. Do you like it? Just the European <laughs> team, and kind of like the Rockets were like the big team in China when Yao Ming was there. Yeah, but Luca will still be. So in 2021, Luca will still be on his rookie deal and be like 22 years old. So they'll have space in 2021 to sign someone. Porzingis will really, you know, he should be really coming into his own and kind of be a a top guy, Um, or at least in that conversation. He should be getting all-star votes and stuff like that, in my opinion. So this is going to be a spot where people are going to want to go. You always hear they want to go to Texas because of the taxes and stuff Mm -hmm. like that. So I think they want to go to Texas for the basketball now, too. Yeah. It's going to be exciting. All right, we're in our last division of okay. off-season recaps. We're in the Northwest, which is basically, yeah. So I think the team that made the biggest splash here is definitely the Utah Jazz. They yeah. traded for Mike Conley. Um, they get Bojan, who Bojan was really good for the Pacers for a little while there. Ed Davis comes in. Um, you know, they still have Donovan Mitchell. You know, there's your bringing in Emmanuel Moutier's isn't that stuff there but a lot of people seem to really love the idea of the Utah Jazz being a title contender and I'm not really there I think that those two being Conley and Mitchell will be fine obviously Rudy Gobert will be fine and I liked him getting Bojan Bogdanovic but other than those four I don't love this team yeah me me neither I think this team is fine I think this team will win a ton of regular season Mm -hmm. games I think they'll show up. They'll play really hard. Yeah. Um, it doesn't seem like they need to load manage their team. So I think they're going to win a ton of regular season games. And that's great. 
maybe they're a top three seed in the regular season. Denver was almost the one seed. Yeah. And then they almost lost to the Spurs. And then they didn't win in the second round. Yeah, against Portland. They lost to Portland. And so I think that we're probably looking at something similar here. Yeah. To where they get in, they win the first round maybe. We know they'll be good on defense. Yeah. You know? Yeah, absolutely. But I just – I've talked about this a bunch. But look at the look at who won the finals pretty much every year recently. They have an elite wing. Mm-hmm. An MVP level wing. Or the For finals sure. MVP is – Usually a wing. Yeah. And who's that who would that be on this team? Mitchell's your closest bet and he's really more of a guard than a wing. Yeah. Bogdanovich is your elite mm. wing. No? Don't love it. Yeah. Don't I, love it, Bill. Yeah, I don't I don't love it, so Yeah. I don't know, man, but I think I'm I'm ex- I I shouldn't say I'm excited for this team because I'm not, but I do think that they will be better. Yeah. I just you know, absolutely. There was like a few minutes there where everyone's like, "Is Utah the one seed in the <laughs> West? Are they the best team in the West?" And I'm glad that that has all settled down. Yeah, and we're back to like, yeah, Utah will be good. Mm-hmm. I'm sure. Yeah, and I think their ceiling is Portland last year. Maybe they could get to a conference finals and get swept. Yeah, maybe that's their ceiling though, in my opinion. Yeah, I don't think you're wrong. Minnesota, a.k.a. once again for the fourth year in a row, the Carl Anthony Towns show, starring Carl Anthony Towns. Um, I think he's going to be awesome again this year. I just I can't see any way he's not. Hell yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I love Carl Anthony I do Towns, too. man. I do too. I love him. Um, You know, but really, it's a lot of young guys that just aren't ready to be kind of like the next step guy. You know what I mean? Like – the Josh Akogis, the Jared Culvers, you know, we've talked earlier that we think this is going to be the team that trades for D'Angelo Russell if the if the Warriors do exactly put him on the market. Um, I don't like this team really at all, <laughs> team-wise. Obviously, Andrew Wiggins is just a black hole for this team. Um, so, I think Carl Anthony Towns will have one of the top three uses rates for a big man in the NBA. I think he'll be an all-star again. And scene. Yeah. This team, so Carl Anthony Towns, I don't think he's missed a game, and I don't think Wiggins has missed a game either. Towns just missed his first game last year. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, This, those guys play. Yeah. Um, I think defensively, they're going to be another team that's good. Okogie's really good on defense. Mm-hmm. Um, Carl Anthony Towns has the defensive potential. We haven't seen it yet, but we know that he has defensive potential without a doubt. Yeah. Um, and Jarrett Culver, I mean – that was the best two-way player in the draft. Right. Yeah, so I think this team – and then Robert Covington, when healthy, Robert Covington, you know, should be mentioned when we talk about who should be all all uh, defensive team. So this team has a lot of defensive potential, which is awesome. Mm-hmm. And I like that they're focusing on kind of younger defensive guys. Yeah. But – they don't really have high upside at all this year, so. Agreed. Yeah, agreed. But yeah. if they do get Russell, I'll be excited for them. Yeah, heck yeah. Yeah. OKC, sure. You know, this is kind of the transition year. Um, right now, they're still stuck with Chris Paul's contract. I, You know, it's getting hard to move them. But if they're going to blow it up, they need to just do it all. Steven Adams, out. Chris Paul, out. Andre Roberson, out. I mean, if they really want to do this, Darius Baisley should play 75 games for this team this year. Wait, hold on. I feel like those guys aren't that old, everyone that's going out. No, they're not. Isn't that old, right? Well, Chris Paul's the oldest at like 34. Steven Adams is 25. I think Andre Robeson might be 28, 29. Um, Andre Robeson is 27. Steven Adams is 26. He just turned 26, I think, like two weeks ago. Um, yeah. I definitely think that, like, Gallinari at 30, he's 31 years old. Yeah. And he was, you know, a fringe all-star last year in the West. Mm-hmm. You know, he's a guy that you could definitely get value for. I've told you what I think they should do. 
I think you call up like Boston, and you're like, all right, we'll give you four first round picks for Tatum. Give you Gallinari and four first rounders for Tatum. Hell, why not? You've got 27 picks. Right. And who says no? Right. I don't know. Or like try and force, you know, how many, how many picks you're, you're a Bulls fan. Yeah. How many picks would it take for marketing? Not four, but if they want to give us four, I'd do it. Three. Yeah. Three in Gallinari. Yeah. I'd do that. Hell yeah. We want to take Levine. That's even better. Sure. Yeah. So I, I don't really want to lose marketing, but I understand. Yeah, but I get your point. Yeah, but I think you could do stuff like that where you have so much capital, so much draft capital. You just make the Godfather trades, where it's just like, hell yeah, let's get the young guys that we want, that we can re-sign on long contracts, and yeah, I don't know. I would. <laughs> I mean, if you have eight of eight future draft picks, okay, and then your own draft picks. So let's say you have, I don't know, 12 draft picks to play with in the next few years. Twelve, Probably 14 or so. Yeah, they have like 10,000. Yeah, 14 draft picks to play with. Again, four for Tatum, three for marketing. Um, you know, what, how many would you give up for De'Aaron Fox? Four? Four first-rounders for De'Aaron Fox? Probably because he has the upside to be one of the 10 best point guards in the league. Does Would they say yes to that? I would assume. Yeah. Four draft picks. Yeah, probably. Yeah. And that's where I'm just like, how? I don't know. Maybe that's the best use of it. Yeah, because I've heard a lot of people be like, with OKC, like, you know, why they do that because of the case of, you know, draft picks aren't a sure thing. And I'm like, they've got 15 picks. If one of those isn't good, they need a new scouting department. Yeah. And in like three years, in their first round picks, right? they didn't hit once, they didn't hit twice. They hit every year. They hit, it was like Kevin Durant. It was Kevin Durant, Russell Westbrook, James Harden. Back to back to back. Yeah. And they drafted Serge Ibaka, right? Yep. Yeah. And, you know, they had Steven Adams, who they drafted. It's like, I mean, they traded for Enos Cantor. But right. And Oladipo they traded for. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, I mean, in four years they drafted those four guys? Yeah, they literally I'm built like, a playoff. They built a finals team. Yeah, that's – I think they're fine. Yeah. Yeah. Scouting, they're okay. Yeah, they're, they're going to be fine. Yeah, agreed. All right, we're down to our last two teams in these okay. that we did. Uh, so, Portland. All right, I think I'm comfortable to say that I think Portland maybe found their third scorer. Really? You know, with McCollum and Lillard, I am in on the Anthony Simons trade, on the same hype. I, I am. You always have been. Yes. You, you've been – since day one. Yes. I'm not there yet. That's fine. I'm not there yet. You will be. I just, ha- we haven't seen him play against top level defenses and do it yet. Yeah. He had the one big game last season. We played like 46 minutes. And he was playing against, you know, all, everyone was sitting out that yeah. game. So. I just haven't seen him do it against other defenses, so I'm not ready to say yet that he's that guy, especially when they were a Western Conference finalist last season. Yeah. So that has to be their focus is the Western Conference finals, and I I don't see him there yet. That's fair. With them too, I think uh, you know they brought in Mario Zonia. They have Kent Bazemore. They're fine. I know Bazemore's more or less they're trying to get out of there. They don't want to really have him play a game for them. Um, I really like Zach Collins. I know I'm not alone in that. So I like this team fine. I don't know if they're going to go back to the Western Conference Finals with how much the West reloaded. No, they lost some of their good wings. Yeah. Um, they lost Alfred Camino. They lost um, Harkless. They lost um, the big man to uh, Miami. Myers Leonard. Yeah. Um, so they did have some some pretty big losses, and I don't know if their additions. While Hassan Whiteside, I think is a is a really good six man, and he'll be a really good filler for um, Nurkic. I just don't think that that's going to be valuable enough. Yeah. So. Yeah, I think they're still a playoff team, but yeah, I crazy enough, I don't think they win in the first round. Yeah, I don't. 
I think it's very, very likely. Yeah. Just, I don't, I mean, you have to be a top, basically, do I think they're a top four team? No. No. And so I don't think they'd win. Yeah, I don't sure. think they have a yeah. court advantage. I agree. And that brings us to our final team here, the Denver Nuggets, who is like the darling internet team right now, it seems, uh, as far as like the non-Laker Clipper teams. So Nikola Jokic, who, like I joke all the time, is Wilt Chamberlain in his second life with a three-point shot. Um, Jamal Murray signed a max deal to be back there. I'm still not very high on Murray like the world is. I just I don't see it consistently from him to feel like great about him. I think he's good, obviously. Um, Paul Millsap's back. I love them getting Jeremy Grant. You know. Yeah, same. That's that's underrated in my opinion. Very. And then, to, to me, their big their big off season moves, getting Jeremy Grant, and potentially getting a healthy Michael Porter Jr. Big time. Um, Bull Bull is such a is such a flyer. He's not going to play in the NBA this year. No. Um. So really, I mean, they could have a rookie of the year, um, in Michael yeah. Porter Jr., which is really fun to think about. Yeah. But not really the conversation because I hate the conversation when it happens. But you know the is he even a rookie? Yeah. Yes, he is on the right. floor. He's a rookie. Yeah, he's a rookie. That he and we know he's a rookie because the NBA says it. So yeah. Um, no one cared when Blake Griffin did this week against John Wall when he sat his first year, but everyone cared when it was Ben Simmons. Right. So we can't care with Michael Porter Jr. Right. So yeah, uh, this team to me is probably. Without seeing anyone play, third best team in the West, mm-hmm. top three team in the West. I agree. Um, and they don't have a ton of holes. No. And they're bringing back people. They have continuity. So this is a team that people in the league should like a lot. Yeah, I think. I I, I do think that they have the option also of trading for like a Bradley Beal and kind of trading, mm-hmm. you know. I mean, they've been in the conversation, you know, a couple of years ago, Paul George Lesher with the Pacers. They were in negotiations, and then basically from what it's understood, they ran out of time. You know what I mean? So, like, people like playing there. It's a beautiful area. You know, we, we've both – we've talked about our trips there. Um, I think, you know, it's a good basketball system. Mike Malone's a good coach. So, yeah, you know, and obviously Jokic is awesome. Yeah. He's really good. Yeah. And young. And <laughs> the biggest steal in the draft in the last 10 years was the 41st pick. Yeah. And you can make a case he's a top 10 NBA player. Yeah, I would say he is top 10. I after, would say so, too. After what he did in the playoffs. The last time we saw him, he was playing at the highest level against the highest level competition. That was super impressive and let, you know left a really good um, impression with me. Same. But – if I'm another player, I mean, who would you want to play with more than Jokic? Yeah. You're like, wait, so this guy, he's a big man, but he wants to feed me the ball, and he's young? Okay. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, Absolutely. When they run that, like, Jokic, Grant, you know, Barton. No, Barton's not there. Who am I yeah. Thinking? Yeah. Barton, Murray, whoever. Gary Harris. Gary Harris. That's pretty fun. Yeah. Pretty good. It's a good squad. Yeah. It's a good squad for sure. And then you have uh, Monte Morris off the bench, Michael Porter Jr. off the bench. Um, yeah. yeah. I like that team. Yeah, me too. I just don't – not like the internet like thinks they're the greatest thing that ever walked the earth. They're like the cult classic team now. You know what I mean? Like – in the 90s, everyone loved the Orlando Magic because they were young and athletic and had all that stuff, and, like, now it's them. Yeah. Yeah, I, I would uh, I would think, again, that regular season-wise, they don't have any reason to sit their guys mm-hmm. since they're younger. So I think they could – I mean, they finished, what, a game behind first place, two games behind first place last season? Yeah, I think they won, what, 54 last year? I think that they could – Yeah, they won 54. That they could finish – in that same kind of two seed, one seed area, I do too. So, which would be huge for them to have home court advantage. Yeah, absolutely. All right, man. I think that wrapped up on everything. So we did this two parter, and I appreciate you toughening it out with me. 
It was a lot of fun. Yeah. So, yeah, we're uh, glad to be back doing episodes again this week, like we said, on Monday with the Eastern Conference 1. So, uh, team previews are starting soon. Um, I know we're just figuring out how we're going to get all that worked out for you, but thanks you all for tuning in, as always, and uh, we will be back soon. Appreciate it, guys. What it do, baby? What it do, baby?